I would love for it to cool. Today was too humid. It's a little, well, I, I do the thing of, I just have to last until I get to my car where I turn on the air conditioner and then I go to my, my store where I turn on the air conditioner and then I say, okay, mm-hmm. continue. Obviously, we're going to fade in over this part. Welcome yeah. to Green and Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you turn me up? I, can, I can't really hear myself. Is that bad? Uh, can I turn you up? I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Uh, oh. Hang on. I feel uh, I sound low. Am I not? Uh, you are where you should be. Oh, so okay. Well, talk louder. Okay. I don't uh, know. Well. Sometimes your headphones cause a problem. Want well, to yeah. try to? Is that better? Oh yeah, that's a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah you have um, as much as you work out. You have the r- weak wrists of a woman. And apparently, I can't plugging insert, yeah. the inputs into the Zoom is a, is a not, terrible issue. Not great at it, gotta say. <laughs> not super. No, no, no. Oh boy. Well, I, you know, I took my two weeks off to, or a week and a half to be like sick and ill and working too much, and then finally got back into it when I was in Ohio, and then when I came back, and I was like, oh, I'm weak. I'm so weak. You uh. got back into working out. You mean? Well, on a regular basis. You went to a PFIT in Ohio. Yeah. Which one? Richmond Heights, my old stomping ground? It doesn't exist anymore. What? The one in the Barnes & Noble, I go to drive up and everything is closed. Oh, they KS. took it from us. But now it's just across the street. This is what they took from you. It's across the street? In that little other freaky little parking. Oh, like I know what you're talking yeah. about. It That doesn't seem like it could fit a Planet Fitness. It does. Over it there. does. It does. It was me and the old people, oh, you know? Oh, man. That's a tragedy, though. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, I want to be in the Barnes & Noble, though. That's a serious loss to that community. I mean, we were speaking of your journey to Walmart before <sighs> we got yeah, on well. the mic. And, you know, in the wastelands of Ohio, there's two places of community. One yeah. of them is Planet Fitness. Yeah. And one of them is Walmart. Well, I mean, here's Maybe the Maybe the auto zone. Uh, those are rare. Rare and rare. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I had a great time in a Walmart. I was like, why is everything so cheap here? You d- must learn the joys of Walmart. I mean... I was like... I mean, granted, was I paying for anything? Of course not. But, like, you know, I'm just like, ooh, Case of Pellegrino, there's 12 in there, not just six? Whoa. Whoa, this is big. Oh, yeah, we're talking pallets now. Yeah, I was like, okay. And, like, a thing of greenery, like, like the big bucket size was 350 and I went, excuse me. Oh, yeah, it's mad cheap. I was like, what the fuck? You know, I was reading about Target today because Target stock is apparently doing really, really bad. And I was surprised to hear this because I like a Target. However, it did sort of link up in my mind with some recent Target experiences that were negative, where they were like mostly out of stuff. Remember this? I talked to you about this on the podcast. And like, you were like, oh, you got to just order online and come pick it up. So apparently, Target is like the next Kmart. They're dead in the water. No. Because of Walmart. They can't compete on the grocery level with what uh, Walmart's right, been right, able right, to yeah. offer. And then, like, they also have a branding problem because it's perceived as, like, liberal and pussy and expensive. Mm. And all of the, like, you know, fuck you, I drive my truck people, uh, adore Walmart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in middle America, they're kind of failing. Really? It's this two-pronged problem. Yeah, it seems like Target might survive in big cities, perhaps. I think they're just opening too many of the shitty little ones. Think of how many shitty little ones are all over. Well, this is the thing. They don't really have an angle of approach, right? Because nobody can p- compete with Amazon. Walmart's been sort of able to do that yeah. on their mail order stuff. I've ordered a few things here and there from Walmart yeah. when they beat the Amazon price. But on the other hand, if you can't do the grocery thing like Walmart does, you're not a one-stop shop. Nobody wants to go to you then. Yeah. You have yeah. nothing to offer. And I do perceive yeah. that problem palpably at a Target. I have to admit. Unless I'm in Atlantic Terminal doing something else, right. I try not yeah. to find myself there. I mean... The problem is, if you lock up everything, I can't get fun things. This is the other thing that I read about in my due diligence for perhaps buying puts on this. Um, <laughs> they did say that the theft thing is a real problem. Uh, much like all of the uh, chain pharmacies are yeah. doing this, you know, that's the only thing that people need to get at places like that are things that, by their very nature, you don't want to approach another person for. Say a hemorrhoid cream or your feminine products or whatever it is. It's mostly just I would like a you know a toothpaste, but without needing to call someone because it's two dollars. What the fuck? What are we doing over here? They're locking all this stuff up now, and yeah, people don't enjoy that experience, and I think rightfully so. Yeah, you know, this is why you just gotta boop 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 boop. But yeah, here's your sack. You know, I always enjoyed going to Walmart though, like on trips upstate and stuff. After years and years without it, I I never had an opinion about Walmart when I lived around them. I always thought it was trash, which you know. Whatever. Well, it is, but, but when they have like a you know a bakery, yeah, and it looks like a giant eagle inside by the food, and then it falls off right away. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was like, huh, 
Oh yeah, they have they have like a deli counter sometimes. I mean, I don't want things at a Walmart. Let's be real. It's a full grocery store inside of a place where you can also buy a lawnmower. Yeah. I mean, there's not very many experiences like that outside of America. You know? uh, as there shouldn't be. I, I mean, mean, you know, yeah. I, I don't think it's ideal. And it's successful because I'm not sure post-pandemic if this is true, but for a long time, a lot of the Walmarts, especially the super centers, were 24-7. Oh. So they you can really, like, hang out at Walmart. I think they closed a lot of the 24-7 ones. You go to the subway in the front. You get a sandwich. This one did not have that. You this walk one did around. not have any of the weird, you know, freaky smells. It mm. was just like, we're here. Here's did it have shit. AR-15s prominently displayed? I did see the gun section. It was very small. Oh. You know. That's another thing they have to start locking up. Thank God. Um, <laughs> you know, but I was like, huh, you could buy whatever here. Like, I was like, how much is an air conditioner? Oh, it's the same as Home Depot, but I'm not going to get a, you know, un- unknown brand one. Right. You know, you run into the AliExpress problem at a Walmart yeah, where you're you like, do. what the fuck is this? So I was like, let's stick with the things that are branded, okay? The air conditioner I just bought is a bit of a gamble mm. uh, because it's not a brand I had ever heard of. It's, you know, it's not a Frigidaire. It's not an LG. It's it's none of the big names. It's called Home Labs, which right off the bat nope. sounds like fake Alibaba bullshit. Yeah. But I read enough reviews that convinced me to get it, especially because I was going for the larger AC. You know you can I'm looking... pay for reviews and have bots. For I know. Them. I understand that. I, I tried to Just tried to avoid the sponsored reviews that are the entire like first page and a half of oh, Google right. yeah, yeah. and actually find real websites with mm. real hopefully real people probably mm. paid too. There you, go. you know, who knows, though, because at that point it just cancels out reviews entirely. Because Unless some lists see, are like, going to have one at the a, top. A sad, like, weird angle of the air conditioner in a window. Probably not real. That's true. I guess I was relying on, like, more official-looking websites on, than that that yeah. use stock images, so I have no idea. I mean, I, I love... Well, no, I love the the Wayfair reviews of things where they just take the shoddiest pictures or they're like look at how broke this piece of shit is don't buy this and oh I'm you're like, talking yes. about in the comment section yeah 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 i did that in the re- in the too. reviews people will post the photos of like this sucks mm-hmm. or this is fucking amazing most of the pictures that i saw were of ones that got dinged up in shipping yeah which i'm like why are you even posting this as if it has anything to do with the product well, yes it arrived to damage but yeah. you don't know what it would have been like so your one star review is not very useful to me. No, no, no. And yes, it's a- yes, it's Amazon. I ordered it off Amazon for God's sake. Sometimes things come broken, mm-hmm. and you know why it doesn't matter? Because you just send it back and get another one. That's they true. never give you a hard time about this. Yeah. Some well, serial returners. Yeah, these are people really, you know, getting hit hard right now. If you bought the new Apple Vision Pro off Amazon, what the fuck is that for thirty five hundred dollars? And it, it arrived damaged, and you know they might not take that back. They might be a little suspicious when you start to get into like grand larceny territory. But yeah, yeah, the Apple Vision Pro, man. This is one of the news items I wanted to hit. So let's hit it early and I check it, it off. You I hated it. it? It's it's it looks crazy. Did you watch the the like release video about it where they I show all the demos? And went, what? It has the potential to be cool, I think. I have to admit this. I'm embarrassed because people are going to give me a hard time and say, you know, you're a loser for having a thing on your face or whatever. But I heard the same thing about the AirPods, and I was correct on this point. And I actually feel like this one might be the breakthrough one. Not this model, but this type of device. Hmm. When they get it down to glasses size, ain't nobody going to be complaining anymore. I mean, I was so burned by the idea, the concept of Google Glass because I was like, you know what? That seems it looks so discreet. No one could even know. But then they were like, it's actually ugly IRL, and you're like, oh fuck, it doesn't really work. Like, well, and I don't think that had any functionality beyond being a creepy surveillance device to like take you know creepy porno pictures of other people on the bus with. Okay. Some of the de- some of the demonstrations that they had for I mean, you know, of course, the Apple Vision Pro thing still has that ability. They yeah. all do. But I don't know. Some of the things they were showing were very attractive to me. For example, you know, the screens that they virtually show you in in the AR are adjustable in size, but they are in the room and even cast shadows in the room that you're in. Don't like it. So if you want to watch a movie at home on a screen the size of a movie screen, you can do that. Nah. And it looks like it's on the wall rather than, you know, near your eyes. Don't like that. I mean, who knows? It's going to fuck up. I mean, how fuck that's going to fuck up people's like ocular nerves. Who knows what lo- lasting you know? implications it will have? I'm sure that it will fuck people shit up. Yes. Yeah. 
And you know, imagine a more like people. a more asocial society than we already have. No, we don't need that. It's not going to be great. I'm no. I'm not arguing that the social implications of it are good. Mm. What I'm saying is, I would like to watch a movie on it. If it functions anything like what their demo says it does, that is extremely attractive to mm. me. Yeah, I don't know. About but her. then on the other hand, I picture sitting there with my significant other, and I have a headset on, and she doesn't. You know, like I, yeah, again, you can never share an experience like that. Yeah, it's it does dumb. seem cool privately. A lot of people were saying it's just going to be a porn device, Duh. which I guess is what these already are. Well, that's the primary market for headsets. Did you know that? I mean, I'm not surprised. For Oculuses and things like that. It's gamers Unz- and coomers, one and two. Okay. And it's hard to tell the difference these days. So you never know. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, there's a word there that I don't understand. Um, and I'm not going to ask for it to be repeated. And I'm just going to keep on going. Um, no, I mean, there's also like the the sideways clippy hmm? the nightstand what you like it's a mag like like you turn the phone sideways and then it's like basically just an alarm clock did you see this is this an apple specific device yeah. no it's an apple they thing. released a they released a thing to just hold your phone on your nightstand yeah but it's all about like pano mode or like i forgot what mode it was called but it was just like you know horizon mode so you could like have wit they're like widgets plug your widgets in and i was like what this sounds like an iHome from 2010 yeah yeah they already had this and it was called an iHome and it had speakers next to it and you just plopped it in there yeah this is just an apple what i think is an apple branded so it looks like the thing you'd put in your car or like that's in an uber but it's supposed to be for your nightstand specifically yeah or like on your table side Eh. at night it turns into like an old school like red you know red light kind of okay clock thing and i was like no that looks like satan's alarm clock Eh. i don't need that that's just a luxury item for people i mean all of these things are that but Truly unnecessary. I mean, that wow. doesn't add any functionality or, like, new experience to things. No. The thing that's exciting to me about the Vision Pro, no matter what you think of it, is that potentially if they get if they refine it over time, it becomes the new iPhone. Like, it seems... Right. Th- this is what I'm commenting on. It seems like the kind of thing that is starting to break the barrier from phone to the next iteration. <sighs> Which we can all say we don't love that, but we're yeah. old now, you know? If, you know, when in 2007 when the iPhone came out, everyone was like, yay, better than flip phone. A lot of people are going to have that opinion of this. Yeah, but like, you know. And if it does cool stuff and you experience the cool stuff, you're at first you're going to say, I don't need that. I already have MapQuest. And then slowly over time, well, it's going to creep into your life and everyone will have it. I'm just saying that is my prediction. Honestly, I kind of want to say, after, there. you know, being trapped in some weird, you know, parts of Jersey City, I kind of want to say bring back MapQuest. Bring back printed lists. Printed things. Hmm. I do like having a handwritten list at the grocery store. I actually prefer that greatly to the phone. I again, that's psychotic. I just I don't know how you don't just jazzercise your way through it. You know, just kind of vibe. Well, it's a bit. It's a real shame when you drive to the grocery store and then there's a thing that you forget. I don't no, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. would. I want. I do jazzercise, but I want to make sure that I'm getting my cardio in first. That almost makes sense, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just kind of freeform it, and then I'm just like, oh fuck. And then you immediately are just like, fuck, I have to go to the bodega or pay $14 for butter right now. Yeah, that's you know, well, that's whatever what I'm trying is. to avoid. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> the real grocery store, well, we don't have to talk about it. Everybody yeah. knows. Everyone's yeah. experienced this. <sighs> so anyway, man, yeah. how the hell are you? We got a, we got a lot to catch up on. <sighs> I great. feel like it's been an eternity since we've done this podcast, but we did do it last week, right? We did it on a Sunday, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So many activities in between now and then. Yeah, it's true. I drove, you know, 800 miles. Ugh. Yeah, how long were you there again? You were leaving the next day after we recorded. No, I left on Tuesday. Oh, on Tuesday. Okay. And then drove Tuesday, and then was there for two days, and then drove on Friday. Mm. Because everything is just, a, you know, you're shooting two days for driving purposes. Yeah, sure. Um, To get an e-check. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? It was fine. You didn't have to pull any shenanigans. No. Did, you, did you pull up to the self check one, or did you go to a station? Oh, with I a went man? to a place with really? a person. Was That's like, a gamble on an old car. No, you never know what you're going to get. She's fine. Mm-hmm. She just got an oil change like five days before that. Amazing. I was like, hey girl, they changed all the cabin filters. They're like, we got you. Yeah, thank you. Um, but I was like, oh, there's a rattle in the muffler. Fuck. Uh, well, I was a little nervous. I was like, "Is it gonna be okay?" Yeah, we don't like that. Um, it was fine. They're like, "Pass." 
I say, okay, so did I really need to drive all the way over here to get the pass? I don't love that, you know. Well, you could always pay for insurance here, which is really insanely and absurdly expensive. For that old of a car? It might not be for you. I don't know. I had this issue where because I hadn't had a car for so long, they were saying, well, on paper, you have no insurance history. I was like, well, the last time I had car insurance for myself was in 2012. And they were like, so without without any history for 10 years, you basically are like a new driver. Like it's a baby driver. It's yeah. as if you're 16 years old again. Oh, God. And I was like, okay. And so they're like, your rates are going to be like 400 or $500 a month for a year Ugh. or two years. And I was like, nope. No. Okay. Yeah. Fraud it is. Yeah. I, uh. Whatever. But I'm, maybe yours wouldn't be. A lot of people around here seem to pay around 120 bucks yeah, for an old car. Even still, that's like That's a lot. insane. That's a lot. Per month, that's insane. Because you, 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 know, you only pay your car insurance every like six months or a year. You pay in lump sums yeah. typically. That's why I'm like. So the idea of like dropping twice a year, yeah. six seven hundred bucks, it's fucking crazy. I mean, if it was annual, if it was I, annual, it'd be twice just, as much though. Nah, but then you just time it with you know time it with your tax return mm. and go. Well, I didn't see it anyway. It's fun. Mm, okay. Um, that doesn't feel good though when you get the bonus money and then it's gone. And then it's gone. I Nobody know. likes that. No, no one liked that. Um, yeah. But I, well, I don't know. It is just so old though that I'm like. Oh. But you went to a Walmart. You typically like driving around with mommy and going to Target. Yeah, did uh, you know? I had a rule. We went to ye old outlet center, as mm-hmm. one does, because mm-hmm. you're like, well, when in Rome, you know. Um, I had a rule. I was like, okay, I'm not spending over. F- Inadvertently, it was like I'm not spending over fifty dollars anywhere. Oh, in, not in any one location. Yes, you were yes, allowed yes, to yes, spend yeah. more total. Oh yeah, yeah. I was clear, cleaning well, up. Where there. did that rule come <clears> from? I lucked into it. That's a pretty low number, honestly. Like, no. if I hit a Kohl's, you would think you'd be able to get away for 50 bucks, but they hit you with those deals that are, like, you know, basically, like, three for one and yeah, shit, yeah, and yeah. you start to really want to go your shit. Yeah. To, to town on that. Yeah. No, but, like, the first thing I get a shacket, like, a, you know, a, a French blue shacket, hmm. $39.99. I'm like, okay, okay, we're, we're doing it, we're doing it. Move along. A mismarked pair of Levi's. Not bad. Forty nine ninety nine. Ooh, right been, under the right should under the have wire. been 80 okay and i said okay let, this is the new rule so then go out get a couple more things whatever f- go to i just popped into the what's it called where'd we get our luggage the samsonite store yeah i was like eh, you never know who knows and then they were like oh these are uh damaged so they're 50 dollars or 49.99 i'm like what's damaged about it oh there's an ink stain i'm like where it's like oh that one doesn't even have one i'll still sell it to you <laughs> 50 bucks i'm like what do they care sick so yeah i was like i'll get some lug i was like i'll just get you know a carry-on so i don't look like a little bitch with a tote bag oh yeah that's nice that's good a rolly carry-on yeah 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 i have so, the small size and the big size now and it does really come in handy yeah i'm like oh this is nice this yeah. is a nice idea oh yeah huh yep wow i uh, see i instantly forgot that you were at an outlet mall yeah so you had a lot of stores to hit uh, that's a good rule yeah. i thought I, at first i thought you were speaking trip wide so like you're no, going no, to no. target and you're like i can't spend more than 50 bucks and i'm like that's kind of hard actually. no no no, no. but can... okay yeah per store at the outlet that is a good rule yeah and to be honest if it's at an outlet and it's more than 50 dollars, you don't want you it you don't want it no, no 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 you might think you want it i've run into that many uh, times but i've typically decided against it and always i instantly forgot about it there was a pair of pants of brooks brothers that it was well, it, it was right there. Can you really hold the rule to Brooks Brothers? Yeah, because it was forty nine fifty. Oh wow! But it was just too big, and I was like, Where, mm. "Why does my ass look so flat in these?" And I was like, "Well, because there's about an inch and a half of space, and they don't have any more." That's an angle I didn't consider. That you're also you're right on the money about. There's a lot of decisions where it is under fifty dollars, and you go, "Well, it doesn't exactly fit me, but I'll get it." And then you never yeah, wear yeah. it. The the denim it's one inch technically too big, but it's shrink to fit and a hundred percent cotton. That'll be. And I was like, "Oh, the ladies will take care of that at the laundry real fast." Yeah. Um, or I'll just jump in the tub and just truly shrink to fit it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the olden days. Is that what you're supposed to do? Are yeah. you supposed to take a bath with them on? Yeah, hot or cold bath, like warm, so they kind of shrink to your legs. Really, and then after that, they won't shrink anymore. Yeah, they might if you hit them with a dryer. Oh, I'm not okay. supposed to hit them with a the dryer. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was like, eh, yeah, I could do that. Or you like shock it like a little warm and then hit it with the cold real fast and then. But then it fades like a bitch. So oh, it's like, like hard boiling an egg. You like stop it from cooking yeah, yeah, by yeah. dunking it in ice. Water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, no, it'll seize the fiber. So the hot relaxes, and then you the cold just seizes up everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Same principle of cooking an egg or whatever. That's basically what it's doing. Oh well, yeah, that's how you get the yeah egg loose from the shell. By the way, what I have a I have a sushi project in the works at home. Oh boy, 
So I made lobster hand rolls the last time I made it. Uh-huh. It failed pretty miserably at rolling the hand rolls, but the lobster itself was pretty good. And the okay. rice was okay. I think for a first attempt, it wasn't bad, but I'll get better the second time. Mm-hmm. Are you doing like cones or are you trying to do like full rolls? Well, uh, here's the thing. You, I feel the, like just do a cone. The ingredients know? are expensive. Well, I did cones last time because oh, okay. I thought that would be easy. Turns out cone was harder than I thought. Yeah, you got to do the little... Um, it's hard to figure out funnel. what size of paper you need because the nori comes in these pr- relatively large sheets yeah. that are actually the wrong format for things like that. Mm. So you do have to cut them, but mm. like getting that aspect ratio right is actually hard. So hmm. that was a challenge, but I'll figure that out. The, the other thing is I really want to make nigiri, you know, the standard sushi, su- sushi, uh, which I feel like I can, I can manage that, but you have to get the rice exactly right for that to make any sense to do it all. Yeah. Otherwise if it's too warm, the whole thing falls apart. And the other problem is the ingredients themselves are like pretty expensive. And when you're a novice, like I am and you're experimenting, there's no guarantee it's going to be any good. Yeah. So I buy really small quantities of everything. And then you want to use every part of the buffalo. So my new experiment is I cured some salmon with the skin on, uh-huh. but it's a very small amount, maybe this much. Oh, that's we. Yeah. yeah. So I figure it'll make, it, it, with the cut down correctly, it'll make six pieces of nigiri. Uh-huh. And then I can use the uh, excess salmon meat and take the skin and make it crispy salmon and make mm. two hand rolls that are... Crispy salmon skin, oh, uh-huh. and then six pieces of nigiri that are regular salmon huh. nigiri. Huh. So every time I do one of these projects, I keep trying to figure out how do I get the most out of like a tiny amount. <coughs> because, like I said, if you were to do like a full fuller menu, yeah. you know, this is not a whole dinner. This yeah. is an appetizer, and then like you a eat snack. a real yeah, dinner. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to do that for a while because if you were to like assemble a full am- amakase thing or even a half version of yeah. that i mean you're talking about 300 bucks probably oh no. i mean I, the salmon's relatively inexpensive this is not even a good example but if when you start getting into the tunas that you need you're talking about things that are around a hundred dollars a pound correct to get big eye tuna and stuff like that yeah. so and you can get small quantities of it from japanese places but i mean even experimenting with that you still have to cure it you have to do a lot of things to it and if you fuck it up and if you yeah. fuck it up you don't really want to risk even eating it correct so yeah. you know the less the better. But anyway, that's what I'm working on. I started curing my salmon two nights ago. Oh, my. Um, well, I actually, I take that back. I already cured it. But then you need to freeze it to make it food safe. Right. So I'm doing the freezing part of it right now. I hope the, the curing looked good. I wanted to eat it right there on the spot, but you don't want to get those parasites. So. No, you're going to yeah, get little sites. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oof. Yeah, uh, I mean... It's one of my little hobby projects right Uh-oh. now. Yeah, I'm excited to try the rice again though because I I'm a pretty good rice maker in general. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. So and I, sushi yeah. rice is really no different, except that. What are you throwing in there for the seasoning there? Uh, the only well, you make a certain type of vinegar. You make sushi vinegar. Yeah, which is uh, rice vinegar, mirin, and sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, an insane amount of sugar, which is weird. Yeah, and and, and a special soy sauce. Yeah. Um, and you just put a little bit of that in there after the rice is finished. Yeah. The other key thing you do, which I do with rice anyways, is you have to wash it like 900 times. Well, yeah. To get all the starch off of it. But, you know, sushi rice is short-grained rice. Most rice is long-grained rice. A lot of places mix in a little bit of like another, like it's a hybrid. Like it's short. and Nice places it. or just places? Because mm. if it's just like... Take out sushi. Oh, or, no. I, or take, I take that back. It's fried rice that there's usually a mix of short green and a couple longs. That would make sense because sushi rice, by its very nature, is so sticky you can't fry it. I right, tried yeah. with the leftover last time just to, like, use it because I made too much of it and I wasn't going to make sushi again. I was like, well, I'll just use this, like, regular rice. Oh. Not only does it not taste right for things like that because it's got a flavor of it, profile of its own that doesn't match food, other right, food yeah. that well. It is way too sticky. Well, that's why you make it into like a, a patty or something. And this is when you have those like crispy rice bites. Like yeah, crispy but. Crispy salmon, you know. What I'm saying is I bet when you've had that at restaurants, like you're saying, almost guaranteed that's a hybrid mm-hmm. or mostly long grain rice. Because yeah. I really don't think you can fry this rice. I don't think you can. It, it's, Interesting. The grains are too short, so it just kind of dissolves. It gets, turns into mush. It doesn't yeah. maintain its form. Even left over, you Cold? know, even dried out, yeah. Like formed into like a brick it, where you it, just sear it? It doesn't work. The side peels off. It doesn't, oh. it just keeps, 
getting oh falls apart okay. too hot and too gooey. Oh yeah. Um, oh, because you're yeah, you're making caramel at that point. Yeah, there's oh, sugar sure, on yeah. it. You can't, and it's all saturated yeah, with vinegar. Right. You can't really do it. You're right. You're right. You're it's right. not really usable. But that's interesting. I'll take that under advisement. I'm interested in experimenting with stuff like this. What if you like threw an egg in there? You know, basically potato pancakes. That would maybe be work. That would maybe you know work. you would need a binder. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. My thing that I kind of want to innovate in my sushi making process that I'm going to try next time is in addition to the sushi vinegar at the end. I felt it could have used a little bit of acid. I want to go with maybe like the teensiest spritz of lemon juice or maybe even lemon zest no. into a whole batch of it, mm-hmm. you know, like a tiny bit. Just hold back on the sugar. Less than a teaspoon. Bring it down on the sugar and up it on the, the rice wine vinegar. Yeah, you're probably right. You, you know, you don't need all the sugar. No, you don't. So, yeah, just hold back on it. I think this maybe I, it's pretty sweet anyway. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hold back on the crystalline sugars. Mm hmm. Or make it into simple first and then drop it in. Something like that, yeah. I think I just want to hold back on the sugar. I'm just not big on it. Yeah. You And, you know, it's so... Because when you make the sushi vinegar, you're cooking down the sugar, too. Like, that's a process in, its, in and of itself. Yeah. You don't buy that. You make that. And it requires heat and everything. Like, a lot of the sugar is dissolved and simplified anyway. Yeah. But it's still, like... It doesn't come through as a powerful flavor, but it's enough of a flavor right. that I was like, mm, I know this is traditional... But I would like to alter this for a Western palate that's a little more savory, perhaps. Mm, yeah. Savory, citrusy, you know. I think citrus would do some bad things. Well, the problem with that is you can't put raw fish on anything with citrus on it because you're going to, like, oh, ceviche. Yeah. Ceviche. Ceviche. Ceviche it. A little, yeah. Which you don't want to do. Yeah. That's, a, that's always a sign Not of... Not with a zest, though. Not with a zest. But that's always a sign of bad takeout sushi when you like order the sushi for two and they have little slices of lemon between everything. And you're like, why did you do this? You ruined it. I've never seen that. In You've definitely opinion. seen that. We've ordered it here together. I've seen it. Lemon? Yeah, they'll take it's decorative, but they take little slices of lemon and they put it between certain of the nigiri and it cooks the fish. Next never to have it. I ever. Yeah. Huh. I've seen it. Interesting. So anyway, what else? <sighs> Yeah, you know. came back and you went immediately to Pride and started drinking some abomination of Ooh, hard we'll seltzer. We'll talk about it at the after show. Okay. <laughs> Someone made an appearance and it's not good. Oh, no. I was in my bed by 9 p.m. Well, you know, we have to have the after show this time because yeah. we didn't do it last week. So it can't, oh, right, get, too, right, right, it yeah. can't get too personal. Oh, well, oops. But, oh, no, yeah. man, I wonder if it was Weepy Willie or Blackout Billy. Billy or came out. out Billy. Billy came out. <laughs> Or all three at different stages. Who I don't knows? Know. Like, here's the thing. I can't day drink. I know this, right? Like, I know this. I know this. I know this about myself. Hey, you sort of can, though. I Not when you don't eat and the only thing you eat is a ham and butter sandwich from Saragina. <sighs> okay, then no. No, then you can't do that. Because I was promised, oh, we'll eat. I was like, okay. And then it's like, oh, no, we're drinking. And it's so many people. And I, I can't do a crowd. I think I'm just... I, it causes an anxiety in me that I'm like, uh, that just causes guzzling. That's very self-aware. That's what I was going to recommend as well. It's the same for me, but I think you have it more severely where the social anxiety just makes you go, well, fuck it. I need to get through this. And, you know, even I, if you're having, to be clear to the listener, even if you're having fun, this is still in effect. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, cause I could feel it w- like the waves coming and then there was a certain point waiting for the bathroom and I was like, I don't remember anything beyond that. And I was like, I was like, I said, what? Oh, I did what? To other people. To, yeah, one oh. person. And I'm like, fuck. Um, yeah. So. Wow. Well, that's, a, that's an exciting tease. <sighs> it's not great. Um, very bad. Um, left my card there. Oh, no, that's never good. Only purchased one beverage each <laughs> and then just abandoned card. So I'm like, okay, well, so I had to do sh- the sheepest, like drive there yesterday and be like, I left my card. Oh man. I think I might've just canceled the card. I, and well, one. cause I was like, am I going to be a coward who says blackout Billy came to play and just, we just cu- cut it. I was like, swallow your pride. Literally go and pick up your card from the gay bar like a sad little bitch and you know admit defeat yeah and i mean i'm i'm sure the people from the night before there were so many yeah they were oh yeah those were more embarrassing yeah i was like uh granted did it take like two minutes to find my card because there were so many absolutely oh um, yeah i'm sure it took a a, a 
full minute of me standing at the end of the bar with the whole bar looking at me like, what the fuck? Man. And I'm like, oh, I'm just waiting for that. And then the bartender there was like, you're good. We closed it out. We tipped, you know, 20. Like, it's all good. You're good to go, man. And I was like, thank you, kind bartender. I have to run away with my tail in between my legs and run- pretend this never existed. Y'all never darken your doors ever again. Every time I go there, I do blackout. Oh, well. Perhaps it's a psychic vortex. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Ugh. Like, what kind of roofy colada do I drink? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the other thing. You never know. Because I didn't wake up hungover. I did sleep for 12 hours. Pack during pride? Uh, you might have gotten GHB'd. And it might not have even been nefarious. Maybe someone was just trying to have fun. And they didn't know. They didn't know. You can't drug Blackout Billy. He drugs himself. He he did a good job. Um, He did a real good job on himself. You know, over the weekend, uh, uh, Rhea and I went to a bar in our neighborhood just to check it out because it's around the corner from us. And it was a quiet place. It was a cool place. It was, you know, nice to have a couple evening drinks and go home. But there was a couple of uh, queens there that were all decked out in their stuff and just had clearly, like left somewhere else and they got to talking to re and they were like man they came to a straight bar during pride because they were just like we don't want to be around it anymore yeah I not mean, that any bar in brooklyn's like really a straight bar exactly yeah. but they were very happy to be in a place where they were the only Are people you about drag queens yes oh yeah they came in full regalia and, and they were just like oh and they were just like oh like they wanted to away from it yeah because they were like exhausted i'm sure yeah like ugh. apparently they had done some kind of brunch in the morning and then like parade-ish or some kind of event mm-hmm. all day and then this was at like six they were like oh Ugh, i mean we're just done yeah i you would know? believe it yeah i mean if you're in costume on a hot day you're just sweating you're just sweaty as fuck it was funny i mean they they you know in temperament they resembled like west virginia coal miners it was hilarious yeah, kind of they like, had that vibe they're like where, i need a shot and a beer and, and they were like grizzled cigarettes. looking even though you know they're well, the, I, I don't mean this at all in in like a negative way but they looked more manly than any drag queen ever should just because it's you know the wigs kind of to the side like you can sort of see the stubble at this point yeah, and they're just like shadow you know happening. what yeah giving up yeah <laughs> yep. oh yeah no that's that's it looked normal. like yeah. they'd lost a bet in the mines they probably did. I mean, <laughs> you know, what's the, what was that one bar called? Mineshaft? Mm. They lost a bet in the mineshaft. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. I, I, granted, did I tip, you know, the organizer of the thing 20 bucks? Absolutely. Papa was feeling real free with the money. Oh, nice. Um, That's good. But I was like, well, they're here. Who do I tip? Okay, Venmo. Here you go. Whatever. Wow. That person um, was probably cleaning up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, they had someone walking around with a garbage bag to throw cash in and i was like i don't i don't do that was the venmo handle written on the garbage bag no i had i had to ask the person with the gar- i was like what am i doing show me and he's like this one I'm like okay okay nice. done you know that experience at the bar with the coal miners was my only my glancing experience of pride i had a wonderful pride friday night by accident because Alan and I went to the Doughboy show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And prior to, we went to a bar that serves free hot dogs. And it mm-hmm. was crowded. And the bartender was incredibly surly. Yeah. So we got our free hot dog and we were like, let's find somewhere else to kill time. And we went up the street and unknowingly went into a gay bar, which neither of us realized for like solid three I minutes. Mean, yeah, ninth heaven. Like, I, I, I asked about this later after explaining this. I was like, and I was told, man, that's... That's an easy. That's an easy time. Yeah, it was fine. It, you know, nothing to it. It was yeah. just that I, I didn't realize it. Mm. Me and Alan definitely appeared to be a gay couple. Yeah, for a while. You like could... it, it was. It was on the third drink that I think the bartender was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, you're these not are, gay. These are not boyfriend twins. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, we, when we started talking about chess really loudly, oh yeah, no. I remember being aware <laughs> that everyone had kind of picked up on the fact that. We had infiltrated the scene. Yeah. And I had totally forgotten that it was Pride. Not in Manhattan. Well, I I don't, you know, I don't, it's it's the whole month. You guys get a whole, you know, this is what all the conservatives say. Veterans only get one day and they get a whole month. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the Facebook memes that I see on my Instagram feed. Oh, boy. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Yeah. I Oh, I forgot I made a note. So in Ohio, we're, you know, in the Walmart parking lot. I see this red hat, and I'm like, of course, when in Rome, of course it's on. But it's Make America Straight Again. Oh, no. Un- honestly, I was like, what's that twink doing with that hat on? You know, like, I had that moment. I was like, huh? Is that for real? And immediately it was like, 
does it exist? How do I get one? This you got to get one. This is hilarious. It would be so funny. Um, cause it's, and it had like a, another subscript underneath it, and I was like, I couldn't see it, and I didn't want to uh, stare, because I did want to see what it was. Yeah. Because I was like... Did you look it up later? No. I didn't, oh. No. Because I was like, what the fuck? Sir, you're in a tank top and short sweatshorts in a Walmart parking lot. Oh, my God. You look like Joe a Dirt. lot... You look like a lot lizard. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, my friend, put it away. Well, and the conservatards that are like that are the most closet case of all. Yeah. I feel like you only feel the need to protest, you know, adopt to protest too much. It's the old Billy Shakespeare line. Yeah, I was like, hmm. Yeah. Mm. See, the thing is, I'm curious about that little subtitle that you couldn't read. Because that's the part that makes the hat not funny if it's the wrong, you know what I mean? Not that it would be anything particularly like vulgar or aggressive, but in the same sense that when I go to Washington, D.C., in my uh, I Hate Alex Jones shirt, and then people don't see the back where it says Infowars.com, yeah. you're like missing a critical piece the, of it, and you don't want to get the... The crossfire is not right. You don't want to ironically get the uh, Make America Straight Again hat, and then underneath, you know, it's you know, it's some 4chan thing. You, know, you don't, yeah, you don't, don't want know. that. No, well, I wouldn't wear it. It would just be that would be like cursed, cursed object. object. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I had to explain my cursed object collection the other day because I was going through clothes to get rid of them. I've been really purging and purging mm-hmm. all the time, and that Marianne Williamson shirt came out, and I was you know relikes my old t shirts. So she was, I was like, "Would you wear this?" And she was like, "No, it's cool though." Like, why do you have that? Were you like a Marianne person? And then I had to explain, like, no. There's just some objects. This is, that are- yeah, and then I explained like the Tim Ryan bumper stickers, but like. Even three years later, nobody remembers what that is. What about the Roger Stone? The Roger Stone is a more complicated proposition, yeah. I can have it, but I'm not allowed to display it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. That's, same rules applied here. I mean, you know. Yeah, we recently installed some uh, bookshelves, so we got to like put a lot of our little knickknacks out. You know, my trucks are out on there. My letter from King George is on there. I get to have my little, my little... I want to emphasize that. I get a little corner yeah. of the shelves. That sounds right. About mm, total in the house, I would say it's you know, it's about the same percentage that there are transgender people. It's like point one two percent of the shelf space I get to have. Okay. But I get my corner and I appreciate it. I have uh-huh. my my man cave. And uh but the Roger Stone, it's not allowed to go there. I tried. What if it was there but it was upside down? So uh, only that's you the thing. You you don't want people to pick up well, I don't care. Right. But other people don't want people, you know, guests coming over and being like, oh, what's this? And then they find that, uh, you know. Yeah. They might get a little upset. We'll put it in a little box. I think everybody thinks Roger Stone is funny clown, though, right? Eh, he did, I, you know, I he have did a, exceptionally bad things. I have a hard time telling this stuff anymore. He's He did exceptionally bad things, you know. Did he? Eh, like sure. what? I don't know. He just looks like a guy who did exceptionally well, bad things. Well, that's the thing. You know? that's, what, that's the same problem that I have with everyone having a problem with Trump. It's like when he looks same... like dastardly do-right, you're like... Mm. Yes, they look like cartoons, but mm. they're not meaningfully different or worse than anybody else. Yeah. Uh... You know, this is a good segue, actually. Oh, boy. Because, you know, have you been keeping up with the UFO thing? I, it's confusing to me. Welcome back to UFO Corner. Oh, I haven't talked about it in a little while yeah, since apparently the Chinese there was some, spy balloon. There was something from some site that no one's ever heard of that was like it's real and you're like is this the national Enquirer? what are we doing okay nobody's ever heard of the site the debrief that i will give you that's the publication that that it came out in but that's only because these the two journalists that published this story are the same two journalists that broke the ufo story in the new york times in 2017 huh and they offered the story to the new york times the washington post politico and the hill who all said they wouldn't publish it even though, by all accounts, it's pre- it's pretty ironclad, and these people are real journalists, so that's why it ended up in the debrief. The story I'm referring to is that there was a quote unquote whistleblower from the uh, intelligence community that's saying that you the U.S. has recovered many uh, crafts of non-human origin. Right, is the term that they use, as well as bodies, as well as other communications, as well as other information. Mm-hmm. It's a little suspicious in that he doesn't have any hard evidence. He didn't leak any of the documents he has access to. He didn't leak any pictures. Hmm. This is all things that he heard from credible people, and he's apparently a credible person. Uh, he's he said she said it doesn't you know. It's hard to it's hard to you know it's it's 
it's either a huge story if we get some additional corroboration later in the form of hard evidence or it's a nothing burger. But we'll get there. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I was... Yeah, I had been reading about this for several days, and then there was, like, continued developments. And then at one point on Friday at work, I made the mistake of breaking my icy wall of no personal information in the in the workplace. Oh, boy. And I had just I had just read something about another... And that's what you chose to break it with? Another development, and I was like, okay. you know, we were all kind of sitting around the office, and I was like, guys, have you been, like, reading this UFO stuff? And we start talking about it, and one of the first things that one of the people in my office says is like, I don't care if aliens are real or not. I'm still more afraid of Donald Trump. Okay. And I, did A, you had to stop myself from laugh? laughing. I feel like you would have laughed. And B, I couldn't believe it was real. I couldn't believe it was happening. I was like, oh. that is from the internet. That is not you talking. Well. If it is you talking, I mean, whoa, this person makes more money than me. I was like, that's not allowed. You can't, you, this can't be happening. Hmm. You know? Anyway. Yeah, if you're in a different tax bracket. That was my segue, but I do want to talk about the UFO thing in general. I'm pretty excited about Apparently it. Apparently someone in Las Vegas had a visitor. That's what I was reading about that day, and it was right after the Which whistleblower stuff. Which is very stuff. strange, because I'm like, if something landed in my backyard, I'd have my phone in my hand. I would not be not recording anything. Well, as you all probably know, what Will's talking about is apparently there was a UFO landing with beings... Uh-huh. In a backyard in Las Vegas, and there's a panic 911 phone call where the person's describing the beings that they're looking at as being in their yard. The thing that made this sort of intriguing to people was that there is police body cam footage from just prior to this incident of the cops that eventually responded to it. Yeah. Where on their body cam, you do see the UFO oh. in the sky and then landing. Huh. What you don't see is beings or whatever. They arrive at the scene after all of this transpired. Yeah. But the cops are apparently taking it seriously, as are the people on the scene at the time. However, as of today, I hate to report this because it was exciting. Definitely a hoax in my opinion. Oh, sure. I mean. The person that called 911, I don't doubt that there was a UFO that night because it seems like a lot of people saw it. But who knows what that actually means? It's just a drone falling from the Something. sky. You know, you whatever. Know, it looked weird, but, you know, whatever. That happens a lot. Um, But the person that claimed to have seen the beings um not only started a youtube youtube channel called like area 51 un- okay. files exposed or whatever they are putting out their own statements and their own youtube videos but a couple of times when journalists have contacted them to coordinate an interview they would set the interview up and then when the journalists arrived at their home they would not be there or they wouldn't answer the door huh so this person's obviously a liar yeah, yeah, yeah. and the basic fact that you already stated that you're on yes i get you're panicked but you're on your phone that you could be using to take pictures of the 10 foot alien in your backyard yeah and you're not doing it you're telling me a zoomer these are youngish people oh you're telling me they don't have 45 phones you're telling me their first instinct isn't to tiktok it i don't believe you Lies. i don't believe yeah, you for no. one second no no no, you no, no, know. no but i was all hyped up on the juice of this whistleblower story and stuff so to get the vegas ufo information oh and the other thing i learned about that was all the news reports made it seem like that had happened like the day after the UFO whistleblower had been interviewed and all this stuff. But actually, it happened a month ago. What? And the reporting about it just came out because oh. of this other story. So it just kind of it muddied the watered, waters of the real interesting <sighs> yeah. stuff. And, you know, turns out it's probably a hoax anyway. Mm. Less than a week later. I mean, uh, anyone surprised? Anyone shocked? No, not at all. No. I mean, I guess what's fascinating to me about the the main report, though, is that that was followed up on by another credible journalist named Michael Schellenberg later, mm-hmm. Schellenberger, um, and he did get like independent corroboration from other inside intelligence sources that don't know each other that all say that yeah, the, the guy's telling the truth. He's not only is he a legitimate, uh, upstanding person, they also have the same information that he has, and they just oh. don't want to say. Again, all anonymous sources, you just have to rely on these journalists and their reputations to carry this whole thing, which is fine. I mean, a, a lot of news stories are that way. Well, The thing that's interesting to me, though, and actually there was an opinion piece in the Times today that echoes this completely. I said this the last time we talked about this topic, too. No matter what the truth of this is, whatever is being drummed up here is what's actually fascinating. Because there's well, only a few options. 
if you think about this guy, and they keep calling him a whistleblower, if he was a real whistleblower, like an Assange or a Snowden or whatever, he, he would be, not be in this country. Yeah. He would be anonymous or he'd be dead. Mm-hmm. Okay? Or he'd be on some trumped-up charges, like, held up in an embassy somewhere. Yeah. So the fact that he's claiming to be, like, this high-level intelligence guy, which apparently he is, and that people in the military are vouching for him and that the government has not come down on him like a ton of bricks... Yeah. I mean, think about think about that yeah. guy. This has been memory hold already, but think about that guy that was just shit posting like documents about the Ukraine war who was, oh, yeah, you know, on 4chan and he got arrested immediately and he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah, think about probably. the January 6 people like oh, if, yeah. this, if this guy was any threat or perceived threat at all, he wouldn't be walking around nah. giving fucking interviews to anybody. No. So this is clearly something the government wants you to know. Well, that's point A. They want mm. you to know this. Or they don't care. They're like, whatever. Or they don't care. It's like, y'all interested? No. All right. But what does that imply, you know? It implies either that it's not true at all, and they're just drumming up a disinformation campaign, but we wouldn't really do that without cause. Um, It implies that it is true, and they don't care if you know, which I doubt. Mm. Um, Or there's a bunch of cranks in the government that do believe this when there's no truth to it. You know, that, that could be. Yeah. At this point, people that work in the U.S. government at high levels were raised on the same ancient alien episodes that we were. Right. So they might want to believe it, and then they catch wind of like actual black op programs that have nothing to do with aliens, but they make it into a story that sounds credible, and it gets passed around, and who knows? Yeah. All these intelligence agencies compete with each other. This could be a way of throwing another agency or two off the scent of what you're working on, deceiving the public, whatever. But the revelation... That the U.S. government may or may not have a program about this that they've been lying about and disinforming the public about since Roswell is an admission that the government is making. Well. Weird. Yeah. What is that do, What is that for? I don't know. Why? And, and I doubt we'll ever really know. Or in our lifetimes. I mean, if, if people will figure it out eventually. Yeah. You know, the, on the other hand, because this is so murky and... Just unclear, the possibility that they are just slowly leaking things to like prepare us for an inevitable encounter is just as hard to wrap your head around. I mean, they would rather have things about, you know, ooky spookies in the sky than like, you know, how deeply entrenched we were in coups around the world, you know? That we don't want to, you know, everyone knows, but no one really has the hardcore details because, you know, there'd be some international waters. Oh, sure. I mean, the obvious answer is that it's a psyop along these lines, that we're doing something else somewhere else that we don't want people looking into. It doesn't even have to be that focused. It could be multiple things. It could be the economic situation. It could be the China situation. I mean, of course. It could just be a cover, a smokescreen for for something. But it seems so... um, It seems, on one hand, so far-fetched, and on the other hand, so specific... Mm. that why this like there's a million ways you could do that have they just run out of things like climate doesn't really like move the dial anymore well, except for trump like, doesn't really move the dial anymore you have to kind of like yellow new york got people all up in well that's what i mean it doesn't move the dial anymore mm. we saw this in san francisco like right before covid it happened in new york and everybody kind of complains and memes it for two days and now yeah. it's already nobody cares yeah they're like eh. All these push-button things that they could use as distractions in the past from legitimate, like, structural issues in economics and the government don't really work. falling apart in Philly. Exactly. You know. I only heard, I heard about that story through a headline, like, way late today, you know? Yeah. Infrastructure problems, things like this. It's like, maybe they've just run out, and this is the best way to do that. Yeah. But there's all these, like, interesting contradictions to it where you're like... Okay, on the one hand, they're claiming they've had a decades-long multinational program to disguise this from the public that's now being leaked. On the other hand, they can't do anything else right. So in what sense is it possible that they could have a decades-long program that was kept secret that's now just getting the whistle blown on it? It seems insane because they're so incompetent in every other way. Yeah. But then you think about Gulf of Tonkin uh, Resolution, MKUltra, Mockingbird, like... Things like this did happen and did exist for decades and nobody knew. Yeah. It's very hard to say, but I, 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 I can't help but fixate on it because it's interesting. And whatever's, whatever the motivation is, I desperately want to know. Well, 
you know. You'll find out eventually. You'll just be old and then, or you'll be so old that you're like, remember when they were talking about the real aliens? And like, okay, grandpa, let's go to, you know, the meme of, okay, grandpa, let's get you back to bed. Okay, grandpa, let's put your Vision Pro back on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, let's talk about this other alien that landed in New York. Um, the Kiwi who curated a show at the Brooklyn Museum. Did, oh, we, did we talk about it last time? We I don't think not. we really did. I mean, you didn't see it, did you? <clears throat> oh, absolutely I not. don't intend to. No. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's Pablo Matic has been universally panned, except for one. There was a positive review. Was it hyperallergic? Of course it was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was someone going, you know, at least it gets people to the museum. And I'm like, that's not good enough. Um, and they're like, well, at least it's something to like, you know, not, you know, you know, hagiify, you know, Picasso. I'm like, but it's not fun. Like, it's not good. Like it's bad, everything bad. Um, and like, you know, you don't get any quippies or jokies about new things or things made by women. It's just there out of context and confused and more related to Manet than anything else. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Look, I'm not going to see the show. I just don't care about it at all. I'm one of these people that I don't care about Picasso that much. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me one way or the other what happens to his legacy too much. I mean, I, d- I don't like it when when people do the thing I always complain about, which is, you know, view history through the moral lens of today. I think that is fucking bullshit. Well. So I object to it on those grounds, but Picasso doesn't move the dial for me. I don't care. No. However, I, d- I would just refer people. I sent it to you the other day. I would refer people to the definitive take in my mind. The Manhattan Art Review's take was good and balanced because the the trap I've seen with a lot of the, the negative reviews of it, even in the major publications and stuff, is that they tend to just snark on it a lot. And it's like, well, what is actually the problem with this beyond that this is fucking retarded? Because I agree that it is. And everybody can say that, and that's easy to say. But I think Sean Tuttle did a really good job of basically saying, like, I think it frustrates people that it's a uh, power structure of people in the art world that are complaining about non-existent conditions, i.e. misogyny. It's people in power complaining that they're victims, which we all know this, and that is confusing. Rich white women complaining? Oh, who would have thought? Um, oh, sorry, Rich White Days. Yeah, oh my God, I saw someone on the bus on so my sorry. way here with a they-them tattoo, and I thought, oh, you're 19, that is not going to age well. Oh my. Um, Ooh, okay. It was, it was actually tragic. It was one of the, it, I wanted to laugh. Again, I wanted to laugh. Did you want to go up and show your arm and be like, I made I wanted to, too. I did actually um, want to do that. <clears throat> I did want them to get an object lesson, and please, don't, don't make the same mistakes I did, but well, it's too late too for late. you. Um, but yeah, so it's it's people in power complaining that they don't have power and then railing against structures of power that haven't existed for 50 years. And then on the other hand, like it would be interesting if you were trying to uh, build up the artist that you thought could like fill the vacuum of the thing that you're destroying yeah. in the canon. But you're not trying to do that because it's Hannah Gadsby. It's not an Estite. It's a Philistine person. And I should not say it. I didn't mean to do that. That was a Freudian slip. I am serious. Do what you want. They are not trying to do that. They are just being an asshole that doesn't, and they don't know anything. And they're subconsciously jealous. Well, it's also of the artist they're critiquing. It's also a condition where it's like, okay, we don't let no one would let someone with a BFA in art history, yeah, ever curate anything. In a museum, like a large-scale museum show that required loans from places, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you wouldn't give that power to someone unless they were, like, an art art star child. Like, you know, sure, at that point, whatever. You know, what is it? Like, experience trumps the degree? You know, sure, do that. But, like, we don't let comedians... I don't go to the cellar and go, let me throw you a lineup real quick. Right, they don't let us do that for good reason. I know some funny people who, you know, can maybe land a joke every six lines. Right. Well, because, you know, say say what you want about comedians and their their prominence in culture, I think, is annoying to everybody because they, they've become, you know, modern-day philosophers or whatever. And all of their podcasts are the most popular and they get to opine about everything and they think they know everything, too. Well. But one thing they are very good at, for the most part, is protecting their scene from people who aren't funny and funny yeah. is an abstraction that they quantify amongst each other and they don't let other people into 
art used to be like that. Having like taste was a party that only people that, you know, proved that they had taste got to be into. And what did that mean to outsiders? Well, why don't you not worry about it? Because you don't have taste and we do. Now we've democratized it because you say, and you're right to say, that they wouldn't let an undergrad curate a show. But at the same time, this fucking PhD from Berlin is going to do a cause show or whatever. They they might as well let 17-year-olds do everything because they have taste at that level. Like, I don't care how many books they've read or what their dissertation was about or how many art forum articles they have to their name. Like, they've abandoned taste completely for moral relativism. And then you end up with stuff like this. Like, it is a consequential problem at the end of the day. I think it's just a, pro- a Brooklyn Museum problem where you're like, what are you for? They have this problem. What are you for? Ad absurdum. They are the the worst culprit. Even, you know, MoMA with Klaus Biesenbach doing fucking Bjork and, and starting this whole trend. I don't think another institution such as the Brooklyn Museum has fully absorbed the identity of doing gimmicks that get trash reviews that have no substance at the end of the day right. they've done this so many times in a row that it's like that's why i'm saying i'm not going to go see the show no. like there's no point this is not an institution worth respecting anymore if it ever was I'm, and i'm sure at some point in time it was but I, i've never really experienced that i mean they got that triangle table which everyone everyone i know goes god this fucking table well that's the other you thing know? keep in mind People make a big deal out of the Brooklyn Museum and the Queens Museum and places like this because they are in New York City, which is a, you know, locus of culture worldwide. But they are the regional museums of this microstate. Yeah. They're the Toledo Museum of Art in New York City. Who gives a fuck what the Brooklyn Museum does? Who cares? Yeah. If the if I'm sorry, like Judy Chicago's fine or whatever, but like if that piece is the best thing and the most like known thing in your collection, you don't have much of a collection. Correct. Can also, we all just be honest about that? Also, isn't that good? I mean, every lady I know goes to that fucking table. Groundbreaking for its time, but has it aged well? No, not really very bad. Very, very bad. Like that form of feminism doesn't even register with contemporary feminists. So, yeah, like no. it's it's in this weird historical limbo where you have to put it in a textbook because it's like a proto version of something else, but it doesn't really stand on its own. No. It might have worked in the 70s when the power dynamics that Hannah Gatsby thinks still exist. It did exist. Yeah. But it doesn't work anymore because yeah. nobody experiences their life like that. Men or yeah. women. Correct. Yeah. So you can't see the work anymore. Yeah. And I think there, I think that's a problem with like identity politics work in the first place. I don't blame Judy, Judy Chicago for that or like first wave feminists or a lot of like they're frankly reactionaries of that era that were trying to like legitimately critique a power structure that was dominant upon them but i do blame people like today for trying to work in that same paradigm when it's like no you need to critique the power structure that's actually enacting upon you which is fucking like let's be honest it's the liberal people in the art world and their and their identity politics like straitjacket well, about what is acceptable or not, not to say it's and not work just with that it. it's mostly just about the fact that everyone is like oh no we're not doing that like you know medici style system of appeasing our donors at every cost and please trickle us down some of your billionaire bucks no but what i'm saying is that is what they're doing yeah but no one will say that well that's the problem i mean when judy chicago made that table piece or carolee schneeman was pulling a scroll out of her vagina and stuff those things were like legitimately threatening yeah to structures of power and collectors and people like that at the time and they had to work really hard to get themselves taken seriously there's no such thing as that except it's why a jenny holes are now you're just like the thing is when they were casting themselves as victims in those situations and pointing out like atrocities against them that was actually happening now the people that are claiming victims and saying that they're having atrocities against them are the people with all the keys i do think you can't have it both ways the linda bengla still goes hard Linda, Linda Benglis was never a feminist artist in my mind. I see Lin, Linda Benglis pieces all the time. Yeah, yeah. She's just a sculptor. Yeah. She's the, the no, Frankenthaler I mean style. You know, thing. the double-ended dildo. Oh, image. sure. That went hard. But you know why, too? Because that was just an ad. Yeah. That was just a fuck you because it was a disposable thing. It's in That's textbooks true. now because we've made like marketing into, you know, marketing your persona into the same thing as art. Linda Benglis just did that as a goof. And now people say it's art. And Robert Morris. But I don't yeah. think she ever meant it that way. Yeah. I think it was a funny thing to do in art forum for a 20-something-year-old. You're right, yeah. I don't think that was an art piece. I don't think she would say it was either. 
I think she probably has to say it was because she makes money on it now. Does she? Probably, yeah. There's, pro- there's probably additioned prints of that I and NFTs that. of that. I guarantee oh, there is. God. That's over, right? NFTs? Yeah, we're no, talking about no, that. No, 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 no. Pe- people are really still trying to pedal that pretty Oof. hard. Oof, they got to stop. It, I, I mean, it's just a thing to make money. I, I don't know enough about yeah. those technological angles, but I do, yes, but I do know enough about markets to say that there's enough institutional investment in things like that that people have no choice at this point but to prop that shit up. You can't just wholesale give it up when people paid like $2.5 million for a stone ape or whatever. And I'm not talking about randos on Twitter. I'm talking about like art collectors started buying, you know, such and such NFTs, redacted name that NFTs for a lot of money. Yeah. The institutions involved in like transacting all of that have no choice but to maintain it now. You can't let values fall. You just can't. You have to try your best not to let that happen. So you sustain the bubble for as long as you can. That's definitely still going on. But yeah, problematic. I don't know. I feel like it's been written to death, and I'm yeah. glad that it was mostly negative and that it was only hyper allergic. That you know, well, no, there were, there were two bad themselves. ones. Well, there was two bad ones, and then one that was like, I think it's fine. And I was like, okay, of course. It, I was like, of course it's going to be here. But well, sure. I could imagine based based on uh, Sean's review of it, I could imagine somebody that didn't really care about Hannah Gadsby or like the the meme politics around it going to it and just being like, yeah, it was fine. There were some fine things in it. Yeah, but like, th- that's sort of more damning than anything else. If it was at least like, think about like the young British artist, the YBA show, that was like really politically polarizing. Oh, sens- oh sensation was at the British Museum or at the Brooklyn Museum. There you go. They've been doing this since day one. Really polarizing in its time, but I at think least it was good work. You could make the argument in retrospect that it was a good show and yeah. stuff worth seeing, and that the work in it was mostly good. And that it got caught up in the swell of its time. Yeah. This show does not sound like that at all. No. It sounds like a bunch of minor Picassos and a couple of etchings that people seem to like, which... It's a suite of 11, I think, right? That's yeah. fine, but, like, those are a dime a dozen. A I mean, there's posthumous Picasso. editions of those. I mean, We've got a lot of those in the world, yeah. Give me a break. Picasso etchings. Get a book. Yeah, like, there's literally that's like, no that's difference. That's like saying, oh, look at this beautiful Durer show. <laughs> yeah. And you're like... Well, I mean, I, I could... I, if you have 1,200 bucks, you can buy a Durer. I, sure, but there's something to be said about seeing something that's so artifacted and old like that. A Picasso from the 20th century. I mean, I don't know. Buy a plate. Half those are probably from the 70s. Yeah, you could make it yourself for the most part. Well, huh. not really that big of a deal. Nah. I don't know. Um, this weekend, I'm supposed to go to Chelsea, and I really want to see um, David Sally's show that he curated at the Hill Art Foundation. Oh, is that that's still up? still up. It's, oh, uh, it's up till the end of July, and I was excited huh. to learn that, so I'd like to go see. Are they going to be open on Saturday though? It's summer hours now. Good question. I'll have to look you into that. You might want to double check that because mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you know. I well, I know at the gallery I work at, summer hours haven't started yet, and they don't typically till after July fourth. But oh, really? I don't know if that's true everywhere. Huh. So we'll see. I always thought like Memorial Day. It's like hmm, well, it fucked. used to be that, yeah. but now we make too much money because of Hamptons. Oh, right. Because so COVID we, sent everyone to the Hamptons, so they don't really. We don't do summer Fridays. We don't. Yeah. We don't. We're not going to. Uh, you know, we're not going to the Belgian Grand Prix anymore, or to St. Bart's. We hang out in the Hamptons now. We now stay local. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, everyone's in Zurich before Basel now. Really? Because people what are tired of Basel? No. This you pregame Basel by going to Zurich hmm. and make your you know. Because it's chill vibes only there. I don't know a ton about Switzerland, but the vibe I got when I was in Switzerland was like. It feels like Saudi Arabia in the Alps. Yeah. None of the wrong. cities are, like, cool looking. No, but, like, the, the uh, what are they called? The people who take 10%? The advisors? I, I had a dangerous joke there. No. We'll call them advisors. The art advisors go to Zurich, kind of huddle up, because mm-hmm. everyone, like, you know, they know the collectors kind of huddle, like, swarm there first, and then mm. scooch on over. Because there's nothing to do in, in Basel. Yeah. It's not the country. Man, what? rich people are so bored. They get so bored so easily. Well, like, why would you go to Switzerland and be like, I'm going to go to a city? Like, you're in Switzerland. Go go play in the countryside. Yeah, Switzerland in the summer. I don't, I don't know. Could be nice. I like that they make everything into a tour, though. They're like, yeah. you know, the cost of travel is no object, so... Let's just take... It's it. sort of like being like, we're going to go upstate for the weekend, but let's spend a night in Woodstock first and then go to Delhi. Let's yeah, let's stop in Poughkeepsie. Yeah. And everybody like has and everybody on their way up is doing the same thing uh-huh. and you say, "Oh, no. It's that. Isn't it nice to go to Phoenicia Diner and then see each other the next day on the farm uh-huh. over there?" Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very that. That's what it is, but yeah. it's for rich people. It's let's go to Piaule mm-hmm. or whatever that very expensive hotel is in the Catskills, and then go to your like countryside estate. Right, but you need to PJ between each location. Absolutely. That's got to be nice, you know. I bet they get good sleep on the PJ. You've been doing you've been doing coke a lot in Zurich. You're gonna do coke no, a lot again. I don't think you're doing coke in Zurich. I think you're you're doing chill a juice cleanse. Yeah, and then you got to go hard. Mm. So when you get on, it's like flying to Las Vegas. So when you get on the plane is when the cocaine you're gonna, begins. Yeah, you're going to spend a couple of days in LA uh, just to right. get the chill vibe, smoke a little weed, and mm-hmm. then really ramp it up. Oh wow, cool. <sighs> that actually is not attractive to me. There's a, a whole lot of that, but I'm like, I don't know about all that. No, you know, I was thinking about this recently because I was watching the Monaco Grand Prix over uh, Memorial Day, and every time I watch Monaco, I think like, man, like. The setting is very cool in theory. Same with, like, the one they're holding in Las Vegas and stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, at the end of the day, you're, like, crammed under, like, a cheap tent. Yeah. And there's, like, fans blowing the mist. You're, like, at Cedar Point. It's very carny. None of it sounds good, actually. It doesn't sound rich. No. And the thing is... Same thing as, like, the polo fields at the Brand Foundation. Yeah, yeah. It's just... It still smells like barn. It looks like a high school football field. Correct. You're like, this isn't fun. But those, it's just bleachers. Those are $50,000 horses, though. Right. You know. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we can start the average joke because okay, I was I reading about Secretariat the other day. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, I have to pee desperately. Okay. <laughs>